Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. As I start this podcast, I just want to say thank you uh, for being a listener. Thank you for sharing the Grounded Podcast with your friends and your family. And I pray as we go through the Gospel of John and, and we're looking at Jesus, I just pray that God would draw all of us closer to Him, that our eyes would be open, more open, and that we can get to know Jesus more. And the more that we know Jesus, the better we know Jesus, the more we can share Him and our faith be strengthened. And again, I just want to say God bless you and thank you for being a listener and sharing the podcast. And we're going to jump into John chapter 9. And one of the things that we love to do as human beings is what I call the the blame game. It, It seems we always have to find blame for everything. It's, you know, someone is always at fault. And that's exactly what the disciples are doing here in the beginning of John chapter 9. Jesus had fled the scene uh, where people had picked up stones at the end of John chapter 8 because they they wanted to stone him to death. They wanted to kill him because he claimed to be deity and they didn't like it. And literally as they're leaving the scene and they're they're walking along, Jesus and his disciples, they they run up on this man who uh, is blind. And so the disciples ask Jesus a question. They say, Rabbi, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? See, they're, they're, they're trying to find blame to why, you know, because it's got to be somebody's at fault here. Either this man is at fault, and that's why he was born blind, or his parents are at fault, and that's why he was born blind. It's because, of, you know, somebody just did an awful sin. Either he did or, or they did. But, but it, their first question, it, it, it doesn't really make any sense because... How can a man be born blind due to his own sins? You know, a a baby doesn't have a clue that it's sinning. The only things, you know, a a baby can pretty much figure out is, I'm hungry, I'm sleepy, and, you know, this diaper's getting kind of warm and saggy because I didn't, you know, used it. The Jews, they they had a belief that that there had to be a punishment for sin, and, and suffering was that punishment. Therefore, in their minds the disciples' minds, this man was born blind because somebody in his family or himself sinned big time. And so Jesus corrects their thoughts quickly when he says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in this guy. Now this brings up a very, very and I stress very deep subject, and that's the problem of suffering. And I'm just going to just tell you real fast, there's no way that we're going to uh, be able to talk about the problem of suffering and solve it in one podcast, and I'm not even going to try. But I do want to point some stuff out. You know, because people will ask, why, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do we have to endure such difficult things in life? Especially since I'm a Christian. Doesn't God want me to be happy? 
The answer is easy, but yet it's complex. And it all boils down to one word. And it's really the simple. And that word is sin. But I'll come back to that thought in a little bit. But just real quick, I want to I want to share some uh, reasons that there is suffering in our lives. Number one, the obvious reason that we suffer is sin. And we'll talk more about that later on. But Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit. It wasn't an apple. The Bible doesn't say what kind of fruit it was. It was fruit. Adam and Eve ate the fruit and sin entered the scene. Another reason why that we have suffering is because Satan oppresses. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're a Christian, you're full of light. You're full of the Holy Spirit. So Satan cannot um, indwell a person or however you want to put that. But he can harass a Christian. And Job's a great example. And you read the book of Job. And at the very beginning of, of, of the book of Job, Satan goes to God and he gets permission from God to oppress, if you will, Job. And he wants to try to get Job to curse God, to renounce God. He wants to take Job's faith and make it weak. And so he, you know, he puts Job through hell, really. But Job comes through faithfully, and he doesn't uh, deny God. And at the end of, of the book of Job, after he's lost everything, he gets everything back twofold. So, sin is the reason why we suffer. There's sin in the world, and we suffer from it. Uh, Satan oppresses, and he tries to make our lives miserable. And so, he creates suffering. Another reason why they're suffering is, and let's just face it, this is a hard one for us to swallow, but it's true, our own choices. Sometimes we make bad choices. And we do stupid stuff. And with those bad choices comes consequences. And that's the part we don't like. And unfortunately, some of our choices have created suffering in our lives. Another reason why they're suffering is God's discipline. Just like a dad, the Lord disciplines those that he loves. And you can read all about that in the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. Another reason why they're suffering is evil exists. And because evil exists, there is opportunity for suffering to come along. I mean, just watch a murder show and you'll, you'll, you'll know exactly what I mean. We hear it every day on the news of how someone was just doing an everyday chore and or just doing their job or whatever, out for a jog, whatever. And some crazy nut does some horrific stuff to this person, and it could include murdering him. And they're suffering because of that. They're suffering because there's evil in the world. And another reason I want to share uh, why they're suffering is that sometimes suffering just happens. It just happens. Let me give you an example. A person has a car accident or a sports injury, whatever. 
and they suffer. I hit a tree stump sledding uh, about 16 years ago. Uh, I was sledding with my son. He was five years old at the time, and we had been sliding. We lived on the side of a mountain, so we had been sliding all over this mountain, and we would move to another spot. And we were coming out of the woods, and our driveway went down a hill, and then you would cross the driveway, and then it would go up another little hill. So it was kind of like a half pipe. And I told my son, I said, we're going to go down this one more time, and we'll move to a different spot. And we were, I was on a sled that uh, it's one of those round sleds. And because, you know, me being older, my weight, the sled would turn backwards with me as I'm going down the hill. Well, I got off the main course that we had made and I didn't know it, but there's a tree stump buried in the snow at the bottom of the hill. And I'm going full speed and I hit that tree stump, do a backwards flip. And I was blacked out and I hit the ground and it woke me up and I was face down in the snow and couldn't feel my legs. I was paralyzed from the waist down and I ended up having uh, three back surgeries and it, it just, there was nothing, nobody caused that. It was nobody's fault. Uh, suffering sometimes just happens in, in, you know, being an athlete all my life and doing, I'm very, I'm a very active person. It was tough. It was tough, tough to deal with. But there is, there's you six reasons why suffering happens. And yes, God allows people to suffer. You know, people use the excuse of human suffering to not believe in God. They, they can't get past the thought that if God existed, all of this suffering wouldn't be happening. And you hear that all the time. You know, he would do something about it. But let me remind you that his own son suffered. Jesus suffered one of the most painful, slow deaths that a human can go through. The crucifixion. So why would we be exempt from suffering? If God's own son suffered, we're going to suffer. And he didn't do anything wrong. He was suffering because of jealous people. You see, the focus shouldn't be on the suffering. We put our focus in the, in the wrong place. And it's easy to, to put our focus on the suffering because it hurts. It's no fun. But the focus shouldn't be on the suffering, but on the one who helps us to endure the suffering. That's Jesus. You know, and one day when, when we take our last breath and our hearts beat for the last time, if we belong to Christ, we won't suffer anymore. Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen to that. And I look forward to that day. When God created everything, including humans, it was perfect. It was just perfect. It was so perfect, we didn't have to work to eat. It didn't even rain to make things grow. Water came up out of the ground. And man was in, a, was in perfect unity with God. And they blew it. Because the serpent comes along and deceives Eve and she ate of the forbidden fruit and so did Adam. And then they realized that they were naked and they had to, to, to face God knowing that they had sinned. And that's why they hid when they heard God walking in the garden. And here's Sin is basically doing what God said not to do. 
In Genesis 2, chap, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord warned him, that's Adam, You may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Eat any fruit you want to, God said. But don't eat of that fruit of that one certain tree. And the serpent comes along and he, he gets Eve to turn her attention to that one tree and that fruit. And next thing you know, she's craving that fruit and she ate of it. And she passes it along to Adam. So sin enters in and that perfect unity they had with God was now gone. And Adam and Eve were thrown out of the Garden of Eden and life was about to get really, really hard. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, he says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. In Romans 3.23, says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The perfect world is now broken, and it doesn't take long for it to slide down this slippery slope. Because of the children of Adam and Eve commit murder and then they start bragging about it. Lamech's bragging to his wives about the murders he's committed. And so you, you look at our world today and what it's turned into. And people, they don't even want to fight anymore. I remember back when I was in high school. I graduated in 1990. When I was in school, junior high, I got in a couple of fights, not very many. I wasn't very big. I was like... I was 4'10 when I was a freshman in high school. I was a small, small dude. I didn't fight very much. But nobody today wants to fight. They want to kill you. And they'll kill you and walk away from you and not even blink an eye. It, 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 they, they don't care. They don't show any, any remorse. We sin and we're proud of it. In fact, we'll post it all over social media for the world to see it. Videos. No shame. No remorse. Sin is the reason we suffer, and just because we belong to Christ does not mean that we will not suffer. Even Christ himself suffered, and he didn't do anything wrong. Look at the apostles in the book of Acts. James was beheaded for his faith. Paul was beaten. He was stoned. He, and eventually killed for his faith. They all were, except for uh, John who writes the book of Revelation and this gospel. The bottom line is God gave man a free will. He gave us a choice, and we made the wrong choice. We ate the fruit. We, we did what he said not to do, and we paid the price. Sin entered, and when sin entered, so did suffering. That's why he made Adam to go to work. You're going to work for your food now, buddy. And it's going to be tough. And, you know, when we do it every day, still, we have a free will and we have choices to make. And we make the wrong choice way too many times. And there's consequences. There's suffering. But thank God for grace. And, you know, I, I can't explain or solve the problem of suffering in this short podcast. When people have been trying for centuries, there's been books and books and books written on this subject. 
But my advice to you is to trust God in whatever you're dealing with and whatever you're going through. And in the end, everything's going to be cool. Matter of fact, there, there's a one of somebody that lives down the road from me. When I'm on my way home, they have a sign out beside their driveway, and they put that sign out there. Uh, I believe it was when COVID first started, and everybody was freaking out over over COVID nineteen. And they have a sign, and it says, "It will be okay. It will be okay." You know, the Bible says over and over and over, "It it come to pass. It come to pass." Uh, I think I shared in a previous podcast that I have uh, a Mayan tattoo on my neck uh, that says Uchi, U-T-C-H-I, Uchi. And it means in Mayan, uh, it shall come to pass. And it was found in a a Mayan temple. But suffering is going to happen. And the biggest reason why suffering happens is because of sin. But try not to focus on the suffering. And I know that's difficult. But just like Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 12 says at the beginning, verses 1 and 2, I believe it is, to keep our eyes on Jesus. And it talks about him enduring the cross. And we'll be, we'll be okay. Let's take a break. So in John chapter 9, they walk up on this blind man who was born blind. And Jesus says that he was born this way so that God could be glorified in this very moment. Now, take that however you want, but Jesus is about to do another miracle on the Sabbath, and the religious leaders, they ain't going to like it. In fact, what they have a problem with is the way Jesus healed this man who has been blind since birth. That's what their problem is, because they called it work. Jesus took some dirt, He spit in it, and he wiped it in the man's eyes, which is nasty, and he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. See, making a mud pie was work, and it was on the Sabbath day. You don't work on the Sabbath. This takes me back in a a time when we was at a family reunion, and it had rained some, and so there was some some water puddles around, and there was this real tall slide at the the city park where, where we were at, and somehow... Somebody started making mud pies, and we started throwing at them at at people coming down the slide. And before you know it, we ended up in this great big old mud pie fight. Some kids we didn't even know, we got in some a little bit of trouble anyway. As usual, these religious leaders were more concerned over Jesus making a mud pie than they were of a guy who has now been healed, but he was born blind. And what, what the Bible doesn't say how old he was, but he's been—he's not been able to see anything. All he sees is darkness for his whole entire life. I mean, when I say Neyland Stadium, you—if you've been to Neyland Stadium or if you've seen pictures of it, you know what I'm talking about. If I say a cardinal or a, a blue jay. You know what a cardinal looks like. You know what a blue jay looks like. And you could visualize one sitting on you know, a birdhouse eating. This guy, he, he's never been able to do this. And these religious leaders, the Pharisees, they, they're more concerned over Jesus spitting in some dirt and making a mud pie than they are with this man being able to see. And he now, he's, 
out of darkness and he's in light. It's ridiculous. But that's the problem the Pharisees had. Their hearts just wasn't right. But I want to point something out here. Jesus gave this man specific directions to follow. He said, go. He said, to wash. And he says, go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Because you know, it's pretty cool that Jesus actually sent this guy to the pool of Siloam to be healed. And the pool of Siloam, Siloam means sent. Pretty awesome. Anyway, he, the guy does, he follows the directions. And he comes back uh, to Jesus and he was able to see. Here's a question for you. If this guy hadn't followed Jesus' directions, would he have been healed anyway? I'll give you my opinion. And my opinion is no. It reminds me of Naaman the leper in in, uh, 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was a leader of the army of Aram, and he had leprosy. A Jewish girl tells him that if he would go see the Jewish prophet, that he could be healed. And, And so he goes and... He goes to see Elisha, and Elisha didn't even meet him at the door. He didn't even come to the door and greet him, and it made Naaman upset. He, he sent a servant to tell him what to do, and like I said, Naaman, I guess being a military general, he, he was mad. And the servant tells Naaman, he says, go dip seven times in the Jordan River, and he would be healed. And Naaman didn't want to do it. He said there's other cleaner rivers available, and he was about to go home with this disease because he was angry. He didn't want to do that, and he was already upset because Elisha didn't even come greet him. But Naaman's servant intervenes and told him, why not do what the prophet said? I mean, what do you have to lose? And so he goes to the Jordan River, and he dips himself in the water, not once, not twice, but seven times, just like Elisha had told him to do. And he told him to go to the Jordan River, and that's where he went. And after that seventh time, in the dirty waters of the Jordan River, Naaman is healed of his leprosy. But his healing did not come until he followed directions. He went to the Jordan River, and he dipped seven times. Not five, not six, but seven. And after that seventh time, He was healed. This blind man was given specific directions to follow if he wanted to be healed, and he did it. He followed the directions. Why can't we? Why why do we have to argue about what to do, especially when it comes to salvation? Why do we want to argue about what the Scriptures say? Why not just do what the Bible says to do? Jesus gave us simple directions to be saved. Why argue about it? Just do it and your sins will be forgiven. We had that promise from God. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit if you do what Jesus says to do. And you'll become a new creation in Christ if you follow the directions. It's not difficult. God made it easy for us to be saved. It's hard to walk the Christian life. Because we're tempted all the time. But it is easy to become a Christian. Christ paid the price. He's done all the hard stuff. We got it made. But we got to follow the directions. Why don't we? I mean, I've literally had people 
leave when I was preaching because they wanted to argue about what the Bible says to do to be saved. And they didn't agree with what I was teaching, but I was teaching scripture. And so they left and went to a church that believes like what they believe. But that's a, another story for another time, I guess. The story of this blind man being healed is a great example of what it's like to become a Christian. As in the last chapter we talked about, uh, to, to be without Christ is to be walking in darkness, much like this blind man was. When we come to the light, Christ, you remember he said in John 8, 12, I'm the light of the world. Our eyes are open and we no longer walk in darkness. When this happens, we're excited. You remember when you first became a Christian, how happy and excited you were, full of joy? So we tell others because we're on fire for God and we tell others about what God has done in our lives or we, we become witnesses and we tell our story. Why? Why do we do that? Because we want others to experience what has happened to us. We want them to know Jesus. We want them to taste his sweetness. And it's the same thing that happened to this blind man. When Jesus healed him, he instantly became a witness for Jesus, even though he didn't realize it. In John chapter 9, verses 8 through 16, John says, His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? And some said he was, and some said, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the same one. It's me. And they asked, Who healed you? What happened? And he told them, The man they called Jesus made mud, and he spread it over my eyes, and he told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and I washed, and now I can see. Where is he at now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. Uh-oh. Because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. And the Pharisees asked the man all about it, and so he told them, He put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. And some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God. He is working on the Sabbath. And others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? And so there was a deep division of opinion among them. The blind man witnessed to his neighbors about Jesus and also to the Pharisees. In fact, the Pharisees got mad at him because they accused him of trying to convert them to Christ in verse 34. And they end up throwing the blind man out of the synagogue. So Jesus searches for him and he finds him. In verses 35 through 41, it says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. And Jesus says, You've seen him, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. And then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are actually blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, Jesus says, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. I mean, look at the contrast going on here. On one hand, there is a blind man who is walking in the darkness until Jesus heals him and now he's in light. And on the other hand, there's Pharisees who thought they were following God, who thought they were walking in the light, when in reality, reality they were actually walking in darkness. There's a, there's a reason why this happened on the Sabbath, in my opinion. Jesus knew it was going to get back to these Pharisees of what had happened. And here it is, another challenge to what they believe. 
Jesus wasn't being rebellious here, but he was challenging the beliefs of the ones who were supposed to be godly examples because they were not being godly examples. They didn't care about this blind man. They didn't care that he was born blind and he's been walking in darkness his whole life. They only cared that Jesus worked, made the mud pies on the Sabbath. Their heart was far from God, but yet to ask them, they would say they're representing God. What about you, friend? Don't, don't let Satan fool you. you. You may look the part, and you may be able to quote a bunch of scriptures, but if, if you're not living like Jesus, you may want to reconsider how you're living. When people look at you, do, do they see grace? Do they see compassion? Do they see mercy? Do they see unconditional love? Or do they see a rule keeper? One who is watching everything so they can just pounce with some Bible scriptures. The Pharisees were well aware of this man. They'd probably known him his whole life. They probably passed by him as he was begging. But they never took any time for this guy. And Jesus did. And his life was changed forever. Are you going to take time for a blind man this week? Or will you, like the Pharisees, continue to pass them by? God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life.